Hi all, I want to take a brief moment to thank you all personally for supporting this podcast on YouTube and on all major podcast platforms including Google Podcasts and Spotify. The podcast mainly features interesting people in robotics, artificial intelligence and entrepreneurship. If you believe that the information that I'm providing might be of benefit to you or to someone you know, it would be really great if you could hit the subscribe button. and press the notification icon so that you can get notified on time whenever the next part is out it would literally take you a second or two to subscribe to the podcast but it would really mean a lot to me because i can grow the podcast to a level that where i can reach more people invite ever more interesting guests and have a more meaningful impact so let's begin now yeah so what are the typical challenges that you have faced can you can you remember some Uh, of the you know initial uh, workshops where you had some really big challenges could you tell a few stories <laughs> so, uh, one of them that i asked the wrong kind of question that i did, i'm not i was not really trained in how to uh, frame the question how to pose the build question the build task so and um, people built something completely different okay then what you had in mind so then what not what i expected what okay. i'm expecting okay. so um, i said well hmm, how can i go on with that so that is when you have to improvise a bit so that was maybe 4 years ago before i met sean um another big challenge was that i was asked uh to run a 140 people workshop um in december a couple of years ago um for a um software company working on the communication for four hours okay so it was a uh, in in a fun park and it should have ring my bell um so um, we set up the task we we talked to the assistant uh, we did an objective meetings uh, phone calls and uh, everyone was everyone everything was set half a year before then she came back to us and said um well we have to have a uh, two rooms we have to have two separate rooms because the next big room is the banquets uh, room and it's uh, for 500 people and this is way too expensive for us so we got two smaller rooms we have to divide the group by 70s 70 each so okay good i need a second facilitator so that would mean we had separate rooms we had to align completely align our facilitation so we ha- we used whatsapp hey where are you where are you i'm doing here i'm 5 minutes ahead of break so so we really had to align our our facilitation that was a big yeah, that sounds great that was really, really really challenging second yeah. challenge was that we uh, we usually so i usually do a dry run so i tr- start to come come there day early want to see the facilities do a dry run we had apple tvs we had a wifi to stream the the monitors uh, to stream everything the results on a, on a big screen on a on a presenter so and it worked very well uh, the day before but then we had 140 people the next day we had 140 people coming in the same room all connected to the wifi uh, and you know that an iphone and uh, apple tv can use a lot of bandwidth so during the uh, transmission of the results the whole system broke down so the picture froze and so i was standing there people were just looking at a at a at a, at a still standstill <laughs> that was really that was really where my where I, um my heart sank 
<laughs> yeah, I mean these unexpected things would happen, especially initially. These things just should not happen. So this was really, really annoying for me. And then I, it's difficult for me to keep smiling. So I'm, I'm really stressed. Then what happened is that we did not know that these people had a um, Christmas reception before the night before. So some of the people came straight from the hotel bar into our meeting, still wasted. Um, and they had to work with Lego Series Play for four hours. So in the beginning, it was all fun. But after four hours, people were just, they were so, so tired because four hours after after no hour of sleep working on a serious topic for four hours it was really really tough so nowadays they say well i can run 140 people no problem but uh, i will only run them for two hours two and a half hour maximum so after that people will okay. just be they will be no no more no no more too difficult for the people so i only run i do large audiences but only two hours because i've learned my lesson uh, <laughs> painfully and the other thing i have i now have my own um, uh, repeater and i have my own my own um, um, i have a netgear um, uh, wi-fi so i set up my own wi-fi i connect my my devices so no one else will be in my Wi-Fi, and so I, I make sure that, that it works, so I don't have anyone interfering with my systems. So that is second learning. And the third learning is that I will ask people, do you have kind of reception before night, before the night, so that we will have to do some kind of entertaining wake-up exercise, so yoga or some just... just oh, okay. Yeah, so just wake-up exercise in the beginning. So I've, I've learned the lesson, and it was I think that's, that's one of the workshops I learned most of it were really what could possibly wrong go wrong went wrong yeah i can't help but uh, uh, notice some of the similarities between the lego serious play workshops and toastmasters if you have heard of it toastmasters is essentially also uh, uh, you know community not workshop community meetup where people practice and improve public speaking and leadership and everyone is given a role uh, one person takes up the role of the president one person would be you know uh, sergeant at arms and would be arranging the, the you know would be planning the logistics and stuff and so that is also you know the, you could definitely have these kinds of challenges with that thing so but the mode of uh, communication is verbal i think the mode of communication with lego serious play is totally different so what are the advantages of using lego as compared to you know verbal communication or or writing or any typical way of communicating um one word it's intuition so you come up with ideas that you would not usually never use uh, you never say mm -hmm. so because you use intuition you have time boxing and uh, and when you and i ask you to write something on a grid card you think before you write down on a grid card you try, try to write something political correct or what could be what you think what people like to hear if i ask you to build a model about something you will come up with what your heart says not what okay. your brain says that's interesting. So it's like translating the image in our head directly into a model. It's like a 3D print of your thoughts. Okay, okay, okay. 
and that would give a lot of insight about a, a person's psychology as well so you, you must have learned a lot about the way you know our human mind works in a in a in an overall sense right uh, i must say i'm not a psychologist although I, it's interesting uh, and interests me but um, no you don't have to learn about a lot of psychology you have to learn you what you need to know is as a facilitator you need to like people so um, you can't do the job if you don't like people um, and you have to know how people how to uh, facilitate people how to steer people how to bring people uh, to read people I think that is what you need to have um, honestly and this might sound a bit selfish um, I'm not really interested in in what they people build uh, I'm interested in that they build and what they come up with okay. whether they like it or they don't like it I don't really so what they think about digitalization it's not my kind of business I'm because it's their 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 opinion I'm interested is is the idea what they say is it good enough is it sufficient enough that they can work with it and that they come to, to terms to an agreement or to common understanding of what it is. That is my concern. That is what it really interests me. So whether someone likes so, it or not, that is, that is, that is the, that's yeah. subject to their, own, to their own opinion. And I have to what take care that they are into, in the process, that, they, that they're still in the process and they don't f drop out. And if they drop out, I have to, it shouldn't happen. So it shouldn't happen that someone drops out. Yeah, so the, your main area of focus is efficient communication, how efficiently it can be communicated and how precisely if there's a loss of information or something like that. Yeah, so st yeah, straightforward communication, sharp. So what else is, is, is very interesting is that when you have a model, people tell shorter stories because they tell them a story. Do you know when you have a meeting, some people just say, blah, 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 and then, and then, and then, and then, and they say, no, tell, tell me, tell me, where is, it, where is it in the model? So when people go through and they just tell them in the model and it's, it's, it's one, one and a half, two hour stories where someone just tells facts um, in the model and not about the last dinner they had and some fancy island and some fancy restaurant and the menu was and the waitress was so good. So, um, no, it's just straight to the point communication. Just what is needed and, and leaving the rest. So, yeah, uh, so you are also a, a lecturer, right? Uh, are you, uh, so, so this is, uh, I think your interests align, uh, conducting a workshop is essentially teaching as well with, with elements of leadership. So how did you, and actually why did you choose to be a lecturer? In the what was the initial stage and how how did you go about it? Very interesting question because um, I have to go back um, very long time. I was a tutor <laughs> at university, so and in the last semester I was a tutor um, for first first year students, and I found out that I'm also explaining things. Maybe it's just because I like people, and maybe that's also because of the mind shift. So explaining things to people in a way that they can understand it mm. it is uh, made, made me happy so it really uh, kind of my why so mm. and i really had and because i'm an out I, I believe i am an outgoing person over the years after after graduating 
I still had contact with my alma mater, with my university, my professor. Mm. And one day he just came back to me and said, well, we have, we have an open space, a vacancy. Do you want it? It's not much. It's eight hours um, per semester. Do you want to do, do you want to do some kind of, yeah. do you want to do this? And I said, why not? Why not? I, I like it. I like working with young people. Um, so um, at the same, at my old university, I like to be, um, yeah, see how they, uh, and that's one thing. And the other thing is you can try out new things. So mm. being at the university, you can try using, for example, a Lego display with combining with something else and you do, I say, try it. So what could happen? So it's a, it's a, it's a field research. So, mm. it's, so, um, that's also a nice, nice idea to trying out things. Yeah. So, so I think uh, what uh, the two things that would be most uh, the two skills that would be most important for you are uh, creativity and efficient communication because you also as a lecturer you are explaining things right. So how simply can you explain the things? I think that is uh, what uh, you ha you are all about, right? If you ask my wife, I don't explain things. <laughs> I need to use Lego bricks for that. <laughs> yeah, Lego serious play workshops can be conducted at home, I guess. Yeah, no, you know that, um, strangely enough, um, we don't use that at home for communication. It's like a lawyer doesn't always practice law at home. So it's <laughs> no, 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 no. I think um, uh, I can... Being self-reflecting, I think I could communicate much better in some instances. Yeah, I mean, you you can always you know strive for further improvement, right? So uh, let's also talk about uh, your consulting work, right? You you also uh, wrote on LinkedIn the, uh, uh, about your consulting work at Steinbeis Consulting Center, right? Uh, what do you do there? What did you? Do? That's the name of the institute. Okay, okay. Steinbeis Consulting Center Inter Intercultural Academy. So that is the name of the institute within the Steinbeis University, yes. Okay, so you are currently also engaged in the consulting work as well? But consulting, com consulting center, that's how they need you to name your business. That is the training institute where we run the change management training, for example. Okay. So, but we do consulting work. I have... Um, I have um, Another directorate. I have an, a friend of mine who's also in the directorate. Um, he's he's got a different profession. He's more into the IT world. Um, also CTO of a bank, uh, of, of an internet startup. But um, there we do some consulting work. So and it's uh, but it's um, and everyone has his profession there. So I do mainly consulting work in the way of of uh, change management. Uh, but coming as a Porsche consulting coming out of the process world and lean management world, I do some consulting stuff with lean and cha uh, lean and process work, but it's not where my heart really beats. So it, my heart beats for for the change. So and if I do processes or lean, I always want to have like the change the the human side for that. So the human side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But currently, my most my most of the time I do uh, facilitated workshops and train people because consulting work is time consuming 
and it's uh, and, and it's, it's not always easy to have to find clients that, that accept that you only can work uh, 70 or 30 percent of your time. Mm. So and it, um, okay. but uh, we do. Um, it's not always us. So it's just when people want us. So Lars or I, if they ask if we can do that. But we have we have a network of facilitators and trainers and, and consultants oh. that we can engage. So that is. And uh, so, uh, what? But your main focus is right now on serious Lego serious play, right? And uh, you're you're kind of doing it as a as a business now, if I, if I understand that correct. So are you kind of shifted from academics to entrepreneurship, if I'm not wrong. So what inspired you to you know move in that direction? So academics was only a part of my, my world. I, I, I was employed in a, in a medium-sized company for five years, and yeah. but I always had, had close ties to the university. And uh, actually, uh, if I was a bit younger, I'd probably do a, 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 a doctorate degree. But um, being being 40, 45 now, um, so and very busy, uh, don't have time for that. But I, I'd, I'd love to do a doctorate degree and go into into, into teaching. But um, now, um, you know, there's there's a time when you when you start your business and started this this as a this business as a um, next to business to my employee to to my real work to being employed. Um, so it was um, part time. It was self part time self employed. And then I came to uh, to translate this book into German, and after that the business suddenly became increased. So people uh, approached me and said, can you facilitate a workshop for us? Can you train us? Mm. Uh, we do a lot of in-house trainings. And um, and then you come to the point where we can either say, no, I can't, and I have to transfer to another person because I have a full-time, I have a 40-hour job somewhere else and um, yeah. limited time. Um, or you just say, hmm, should it be a hobby or do you really want to do it? So, and I decided it's not a hobby, facilitating, working with people. I found my why, so why I'm doing that. And then you just have to go all the, the way and the risk, take the risk and say, I'm going, I'm going down and going self-employed. So um, I'm going down the road and I will go um, and try my best. And since then, I've never, I've never uh, really... Um, said sorry i was never sorry one day even in march when we had the lockdown i was never one day where i was where I was afraid of the future it's just the future was never gloomy it was always shiny it was even even in march and i lost i think i lost 80 90 percent of my business in in march in the first week of the lockdown so and still and still happy still shining still saw saw the opportunities we have managed to develop the method into the online world. Sean and I wrote a new book about online facilitation. And um, yeah, and I'm really looking forward for the future. So it's um, um, never really was sorry about going the step uh, being self-employed. And I love, love being not only facilitated, just but also being an entrepreneur. Taking care mm -hmm. of finances, writing uh, proposals, uh, talking to people. Actually, I'm a trained bank bank clerk, so um, and I hated calling up people, selling uh, f 
products, selling, selling saving accounts. So I hated that. Today, I love calling people because the people that come to my meetup, I usually have the numbers or email addresses and I try to call them up and say, you were my training, uh, my meetup, you like the method, anything we can do. I never lure them into my tra trainings. I, I, I try to be, and I mean that honest, I ask people if they need help. I ask them for, uh, I, I offer my assistance. There's a lot of my time that I just spend by giving advice without any payback, but I know that this is a people's business. And when they eventually yeah. have something, that will pay off. So, so because this is not, it's not, it's not, it, it's honesty. Entrepreneurship is about honesty. It's not about the quick buck. It's about honesty and building relationships, building, building clients, building relationships mm -hmm. and a trust. And when you can prove yeah. that you're a trustful person, people will eventually trust you and say, well, this person yeah. is really, we have, a, we have a problem and he will help us. So you're, you're offering value to people as well and, and that's the primary goal of a business. The, the new book, the content of a new book, or not the content of a new book, the book itself is, is, is not free on the internet, but um, the way that Sean and I developed the, um, or actually Sean developed it with my help, um, the new Magic Hand process, how to, and the Magic Hand Build Along process, how you facilitate Lego Display workshops online, or how you facilitate a hybrid workshop, is written in our book. We could have said, "Well, that's our that's our that's our knowledge. That's our IP. We don't share it. Mm. We make it. We made it open open to the public." And said, "You as a trained facilitator, you can buy a book for thirty euros. You can buy the book. We can read it, and then you can, if you if you think you can do it, go and facilitate Legacy Play online." So okay. here's, here's like the cook, the cookbook. That's how you do it. Mm. So we, we shared our knowledge. And I think sh by sharing this, this is, this is generosity. And this is, mm. comes back. There are so many people out there that really sit on their knowledge. And, 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 and I don't like that. That's not, that's not my way of doing business. So just pretending pr protecting it's protectiveness so that is not yeah. how, how i share if you'd ask me something I, I i i also when people come to my training i am aware that i train my competitors hmm. okay okay uh, but you want to share uh, the knowledge you don't want to keep it to yourself because you 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 believe it you know tell you what Sean wrote in the last book, um, Mastering Legacy is Play 44 Facilitation Tips. There's a sentence he wrote, and I, I like that sentence very much. The reason why he shares, the, why we share these 44 facilitation tips with the, with the public is that because our enemy is not our peer, our, our other competitors, is, our competition is not, our enemy is not the other facilitator who runs Legacy is Play workshops or who uses Legacy is Play. Our enemy is bad quality, because if someone um, delivers a bad workshop with a bad result and doesn't know how to facilitate people, they will eventually um, make the um, say the, make the uh, the method a bad reputation. Yeah. So, and if the method has when the method has a bad reputation, we all will suffer, whether you're good 
or bad, but we all will be turned out of business because the method suffers because of low quality, mm. low performance. And that is why we say, if you want to do it, don't matter, do it with a good quality. Do it in high quality workshops. And that is our aim, our mission is to, to, to bring, to train people to deliver first class workshops. So you don't care about... They all stay in business. Yeah, so you don't care, really care about, you know, competitor outperforming you or anything. Your goal is bigger than yourself, perhaps. And uh, you, you want to, you know, spread this knowledge to as many people as you, as you can in the best quality possible. Quality. We want to deliver quality. We want to deliver first class people. We want to deliver, um, we want to train people. Yeah, so we want to we want to train people um, in in a, in, a, in a gold standard because um, we want to stay in business. And training your your potential competitor means you yourself have to be better. You always have to be stay better and better and reinvent yourself. Mm -hmm. So when it comes down to him or me or her and me, so my trained colleague. So I have to convince people that because I'm the trainer, I am better because uh, you, you decide for it. So I always have to become better and I have to come up with new methods. I have to become, mm -hmm. so I have to convince, I can't just lean back and say, well, I'm a master. And um, I have to, I always have to reinvent myself and become and work on myself. And that's that's what also probably keeps you excited with this with doing this uh, thing and you know doing this thing full so time. So many things to to do and learn and so many challenges. Well, um, yeah. um, can't tell you what we're working on, but there's so many ideas in our heads, Sean's head and my head, and we want to experience and say, what what's next? What's the next big thing we can? Now we have achieved this. What can we do next? Yeah. So, so do you think uh, you, uh, you have been a lecturer and now you're conducting these workshops? Do you think this kind of method can also be integrated into the way uh, we are educated in the education system in some way? It's I know. I've, um, interestingly, I have a lot of uh, people from the academic system in my in my trainings. Uh, yes, and they do. They do integrate it into into the university. It's not very. Uh, it's not very new to the university world. Yes, it's it's been integrated in the world. It is. I think it depends on the mindset of the of the professor or lecturer himself. Um, not everyone has maybe an open mindset for that. Um, yeah. But I think it's better. It can be in our system in the German schooling system. I think it can be better integrated in the university rather than in the school system. I think schools is quite um, different mindset, but I don't want to go into details. I don't want to sit my uh, burn myself here. But I think the 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 school system could be way more innovative. Okay, could you could you briefly give your views on how it could be more innovative? Yeah, let's say for example the digitalization of the school system. So I think that's I think that's just one point where I could say well. Um, yeah. I tell you a story. Um, friends of mine um, have um, told me they told, that's just uh, hearsay, but they told me that. So a friend of them is a school teacher, and after lockdown, she uh, sat down and made some YouTube videos because uh, she asked her son how she could um, how she how how YouTube works. And she made some tutorial videos for the for her pupils, 
and then the, the colleagues, the other teachers approached her and said they shouldn't do that. They don't want her to do that, that would not make a good picture. Um, that would mean that their pupils would expect that as well, these kind of videos, and uh, they don't want to do that and they uh, are reluctant of doing She should please stop doing YouTube videos. Oh, and she stopped YouTube videos. And that is something that might be maybe uh, symptomatic for the German school system. So I think that is why it is using kind of plastic toy in a school and in a school system that is completely in a face-to-face -face environment uh, still in, 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 in this kind of thinking, mm -hmm. in this mindset. Um, then I think it's not very, um, um, it could use it, but I think it's not very easy to get. It's not very, uh, it's not so acceptable, I guess, uh, uh, because people want to stick with the old way of uh, teaching. Yeah. And how, how do you think, uh, uh, in how do you think it could be detrimental to the th way things are taught in universities? What I can uh, now, you know, think of, like, uh, um, uh, it, it could be a way of assessing a, a person's understanding of a particular topic because that, this is what you're doing with workshops as well, right? So what are your thoughts on that? And it is implemented in, 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 um, in, a, in a university world. It's, for example, for environmental issues, for sustainability issues. I have people working with, with sustainability uh, at Regensburg University. I have people working uh, with um, management. So just management style, I had them in marketing. Uh, so it's it's really can be used uh, as um, as it, it's been taught. Um, as they, they teach like uh, different methods and, and, and systems at the university, they use, of course, they use the method to, to explain stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Depends on where you use it. Yeah. It's more and more in the management, management or engineerial, engineerial um, development um, side. It's less in mathematics. So I think it's um, it's not the right tool to explain. Um, uh. Yeah. Because this is a more intuitive uh, way of teaching things. But I think uh, maybe this is just my view. I think uh, apart from the mathematics, uh, an intuitive understanding of the concepts is also important. And, and uh, understanding the intuition behind maths, for example, I mean, uh, taking Pythagoras theorem, for example, like a basic mathematical theorem that could, if that is explained geometrically or, you know, more visually, then students get a more uh, intuitive understanding and that couple that with maths. I mean, I'm not saying that uh, the main uh, way of understanding is wrong or anything, but couple that I think this could be really powerful if we add this thing uh, to the way we learn just a, a bit of addition, I guess. What is good about bringing it to the university, so when I was a student, we haven't heard about Lego CS Klein, <coughs> um, but um, having these people being 18, 19, 20, 21 years old now and using these kind of methods at university is good because 20 years down the road, they will be in some senior functions. 
mm-hmm. many of them will be in the same yeah. function. So they That's heard true. about things and different way of thinking. So my hope is that the mind shift, that the seed of mind shift has been implemented in early stages. So when they become older and more senior, they remind that there's different way of thinking than just the traditional um, A, A follows B way of thinking. Mm-hmm. So more you know inculcating people with uh, ways to do things also in a different way in a more creative way developing their creative side essentially yeah interesting hey guys i really hope that you enjoyed this particular conversation and it helped you in some way shape or form if it did make sure to hit the subscribe button and the notification icon or the bell icon so that you can get notified on time whenever the next part is out Also it would be really great if you could give me your feedback in the comments below that would really help me improve I'm uploading small clips of the long podcasts on a regular basis on platforms like LinkedIn Facebook and Instagram so make sure to follow me on these platforms if you're someone who cannot take out time for the long episodes the podcasts are also available on all major podcast platforms including Spotify and Google Podcasts So if you're someone who prefers to listen to podcasts rather than watching full length videos make sure to follow on your favorite podcast platform thank you very much and see you next time